0: Welcome. This is a message from Victory Church. We trust you'll be inspired and encouraged by today's message. The the person that I want to finish this series and conclude this series with tonight uh, is a bit of a hero of mine and it's none other than Joseph, the adopted father of Jesus. And uh, we want to let you into his world. I don't know if any of you have ever heard a message on Joseph. He's so overlooked, which is so unfair, because actually when you study his life in the short few verses that he has mentioned, he turns out to be an absolute legend, an absolute hero. And so in the short time I have tonight, I hope to let you into his world, because that's what this whole series is about. It's about us telling stories about certain people in Jesus' family lineage so that you might get to know them, just as I and Pete and Baz grew up in a household that got to hear a lot about our our, our grandfather and grandmother and some of our relatives and the people that we never met and the people we never will meet because they've long since passed away. But dad told us stories about family members of ours that we'd never met and we felt like we've known them forever. Kath, who's been part of our family for the last 20,000 years or whatever, like ages, um, has also grown up on those stories. And she was referring to one story that dad has told us as kids thousands of times, where he used to, um, because obviously him being as old as he is, he was around uh, in World War I and, uh, no, sorry, World War Two, And uh, they used to kind of go out as kids and, and look for all the um, ammunition that was left over from you know, certain um, wars and battles that took place they used to find shells and some of them were undetonated. And so what they would do being boys, you know, I mean, I mean, if if they were girls they would say, Oh, shock, horror, unsafe, I'm gonna report it to the authorities. That's what a girl does. But boys, they say, Wow, I wonder if it would explode. And so with no care whatsoever, they just pick it up and they would put these little shells into a vise to be careful not to squeeze it too hard because they don't want an accident. And then they would get a hammer and, and, and hit the end of the shell and just see what would happen. You know, it could fire, it could explode, nothing could happen. but It was just fun, the unknown. And we grew up with stories like, and, and, and you know, then then I've had the privileged sense of going to England and and meeting some of Dad's family and meeting some of Dad's friends and 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 them telling me the same stories and taking me to the fields. And I'm like, I was there on the battlefield. I was there. And I'm looking for the shells. I'm looking for the vice. Oh, this is good. How many know what I'm on about? You grew up with family stories like that. Fantastic. If you didn't, you missed out. And so, this whole series essentially has been about us letting you into the world of some of these great men and great women. Because we tend to overlook some of the great things that they've done. And I'll tell you why. Because we're not good at reading the Bible. Because we read the Bible and know the end. And because we know the end, we skip over all the details. We read about certain characters and certain events. And because we know what happens, because we know it turns out okay with what are they worried about? And I would think if you really want to get something out of the Bible, I want you to switch off the I know what happens at the end of this story and read it and hang in certain stories. And you'll start to feel the pain and you'll start to feel the weight and you'll start to feel the emotion. As Kath was sharing about Mary, she started tearing up because she was feeling the weight of what Mary was feeling. And I know there were many, many people across the auditorium this morning that were also tearing up as we started to get into Mary's world and started to feel the weight and the enormity of what she accomplished as a follower of Christ. And a servant of the most high God. And that's the way it should be. So I I hope if nothing else, this series whets our appetite to get into the word of God and to really begin to read it. And to really get into the lives of some of these incredible characters. And you know what? There are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds more characters that you can do your own little character studies on. Okay, so if nothing else, if you've got a hunger for the Word of God, then this series has been altogether lovely and altogether worth it. So having said that, let me get into my story about Joseph tonight. Joseph was, of course, the husband of Mary. We know that. He was the adopted father of Jesus. We know that. We don't know when he was born. We do not know that. We don't know when he died. We do believe, and the tradition records, that he would have died before Jesus ministry years. So it's likely that he died before Jesus turned 30. He just does not seem to appear on the scene in Jesus ministry years. The last time we hear of Joseph is when Jesus is at the age of 12 or thereabouts. So we don't know when he died but we we get the impression that he wasn't around when uh, Jesus was doing his ministry on earth. What we do know according to scripture is this And this may blow some of your minds. We know that he was a just man we know that he was a spiritual man we know that he was a gentle man we know that he believed and he obeyed God we know that he was a disciplined man we know that he was a protective husband and a protective father we know that he was well known in the Jewish community and I want you and uh, and I want to encourage you to go and read of Joseph's life and you can do that in Matthew chapter 1 and 2 and Luke chapter 1 and 2 okay real simple real easy reading for you Go and study this man's life. You'll be absolutely blessed. And you'll find, like I've found in doing this study, that there's so much we can learn from Joseph's life. What we've been asking through this series is, if these men and women could stand before us today with all the lessons of life that they've learned, what would they say to us? That's what this series is about. What would they say to us? And I believe um, that if Joseph was up here, he'd have a few things. To say to us. To be honest, it's a little bit hard for me to know exactly what he would say because every time Joseph is mentioned in scripture, there is not one recorded word that he ever said. He was a man, not of a few words, he was a man of no words. And I've got to tell you what he would say today. What I do know is that he would have spoken. And that he would have had communication and conversation with Mary, his wife-to-be. He would have had conversation with Jesus as he was growing up as a young man. And we see that in Luke chapter 2, verse 52, as a result of the teaching that he received, he grew in favour with God and man in stature and in wisdom. And so we know he was a man who did say things. They're just not recorded. But if Joseph was here today... I think there's some things that we can learn from his life and I think there's some things he would want us to know and there's some things he'd say to us today. And the first thing I believe that Joseph would say to us today is this. Are you ready? Yeah. Be more concerned with your character than your reputation. I'll say it again. Be more concerned with your character than your reputation. According to John chapter 6, verse 42, we know that... Joseph was well known to the Jewish community. He wasn't an unknown quantity. He was a man that was well known and well regarded in the community. He had a successful career as a carpenter. Any carpenters out there? Fantastic. Well, he had a successful career as a carpenter. And we also know that he was betrothed and he was, he was engaged And he was to be married to a young chicky babe whose name was Mary. You see, there was lots of women in and around that time, but there was just something about Mary. (laughs) Couldn't help myself. (laughs) Welcome. It's great you could join us. That's great. There's something about Mary. And as we learned this morning, she, she, she uh, she wasn't very old. Tradition tells us she was somewhere in the vicinity of 13, maybe 14 years of age. And he was a much older man. I mean, talk about a prize. I mean, he's got the young chick. And it's all called cool. and it's been arranged that this older man named Joseph gets to marry this young, beautiful, untouched, precious woman of God. I mean, his future is rosy he's got an incredible life ahead of him successful career great reputation in the community he's about to marry this young pure woman of god what a life until one day mary has to break some news to joseph Now, I want you to know the enormity of this. Don't just read over this. And I don't know what it looked like, but can you imagine Mary? She comes to Joseph and she's like, "Um, um, you're going to have to sit down. She's like, oh, why? Okay, cool. Okay. No, no, I I need you to sit. Oh, no. Okay. What's going on? And Mary proceeds to tell Joseph, Well, it's like this. Uh, have a drink, have a drink, have a drink. Okay, I'll have a drink. Do you want some alcohol? <laughs> yeah, I do now. <laughs> I don't know. And she says to Joseph, the man that she's about to marry, I'm pregnant. Now, that's bad news when you're not planning a family. And, and, and uh, we saw tonight on the video testimony that that, that, that was... Jess's story and, and there's connotations that, and, and that, that's bad enough when you've kind of, you're pregnant and, and, and uh, it's out of wedlock and, and uh, particularly in that day. But here's the thing, Joseph's devastated that Mary's pregnant, not just because she's pregnant, But because he knows, like he knows, like he knows, like he knows. He hasn't touched her. Which means if you're pregnant, according to the last time I heard, somebody had to touch you and it wasn't me. And so what's this man going to do? How's he going to respond? He knows the child's not his. And all those feelings of success and a great reputation in the community and the joy and excitement of being about to marry this young girl have just evaporated in a moment. He's gutted. He feels like he's been cheated on. He not only has to deal with his own thoughts, what do I think? But then he has this horrible, shocking realization that he lives in a community not unlike this one, of a people that talk. And what are they going to think? And he's got to process all of this in the moment. What you've got to understand about this moment. Is that according to Jewish law, Joseph was well in his right to call off the wedding, to make this arrangement null and void. But not just that, I mean, he's got an out, he's got a ticket out of there. But also, according to Jewish custom, he has the right to put her to death by stoning. That's his right, that's his prerogative of the man who's about to marry this woman. And with all of that going through his head, in that moment, and I want to tell you, when you get in those moments, you can't pretend what's in comes out. If you have character, it'll come out. If you don't, it'll come out. Whatever's in comes out. You can't pretend in those moments. When things are going well, you can put on a good front. You can put on a good face. You can pretend everything's going well. But I want to tell you, in the crisis moments, that's when you find out who you really are. And there's something about Joseph that is amazing to me. There's something about the spirit. There's something about the life of Joseph that just impresses me. He operates in a different spirit. It says in Matthew chapter 1, verse 19, because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man, not a jealous man, not an insecure man, not an idiot of a man, not a dork, not stupid, but because he was a righteous man. Get this. He did not want to expose her to public disgrace, and he had in mind to divorce her quietly. Hey, he could have exposed her to save his reputation, he could have tried to explain it, but he, he wanted to do this on the quiet, which kind of reminds me of a scripture that says, Love covers a multitude of sins. And here's Joseph. In his pain and distress and hurt, he manages to put his integrity and his character before his reputation. And if people thought badly of him, so be it. But I cannot see the point of putting this girl through more than she's already going through. What an incredible example to us today. You see, character is who you are when no one else is around. It's who you are in the dark, when no one else can see. Oh, it's easy to preach. It's easy. It's easy to stand up here and sing songs. It's easy to come to church in your Sunday best, or more appropriately these days, your Sunday worsts. That's easy. But what about when no one's looking? It's easy to open your Bible on the second row when everyone's looking at you and you go, oh, that's easy. But what about on a cold, wintry morning and there's no one's going to know whether you're reading or not? That's character. If you pick up your Bible where no one else is looking and you read and you cry out to God to speak to me, that's character. If you think no one's looking and don't, then that's a lack of Character. But Joseph was a man of character. And I imagine he was a man that prior to this, he was reading his word. During this, he was reading his word. And after this, he was reading his word, character. Character is what you are when no one else is around. Elmer Letterman said this, personality can open doors, but only character can keep them open. Good habits develop godly character. And what I love about the life of Joseph, and we can see it in Luke chapter 2, that he was a devout follower of the customs of his faith. That he did everything according to the word of God. The Bible records that in Luke chapter 2. And we know that according to Luke chapter 2, that he was a dedicated spiritual leader of his family. He was a man of integrity. He was a man of character. And if it meant his reputation being rubbish, then I would rather keep my character. I think if Joseph was here today, he'd say, place greater importance on your character than on your reputation. Place greater importance on your character other than what people will think about you. I also believe if Joseph was here tonight, he would say this. And this might hurt some of you, but I believe he would say, true love stays. True love stays. You see, not only does he have to deal with all these emotions about his wife, but he has this angelic visitation and the angel of the Lord says to him, you know what Mary has said is true. And the word of the Lord came to stay and not to run. But what you need to know about that moment in time, like you and like me, he has the freedom of choice. He can still choose to run. Now he's got a decision. If I stay, imagine the ridicule. Imagine the things that are going to be said as I now associate myself with this woman. I mean, it's okay. In the confines of his own home, based upon an angelic visitation to understand the concept of immaculate conception. But try telling that to your mates. Can you imagine what that looks like? Hey, Joseph, come here, bud. I, I, I get the deal that you want to tell everyone else this whole immaculate conception sounds good, but we're buddies. Come on, tell me the truth. What was she like? Come on, you can tell me. No one else, I won't say anything. No one else, just tell me. No one's buying this immaculate conception. No one's buying this. The Holy Spirit overshadowed Mary and she became pregnant without you, Joseph. No one's buying it, man. I'm telling you, it's easier for Joseph to run than put up with that. Yet, in all of this, in all the opposition, I know some of those comments and conversations aren't recorded in the Bible, but I want to tell you that they happened. They happened, because human nature is what it is. It happens today, it happened 2,000 years ago. Oh, Joseph, Mary, I mean, I'm telling you, if Facebook was around then, oh, you watch the Facebook pages. So-and-so invites you to the page. Mary, you've got to be kidding me, page. Page. Someone invites you to the Joseph, stop trying to pull the wool over our eyes page. And everyone going like, 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 like. Comment, comment, comment. But he decides to stay. Here's the thing. It's not that he didn't think about leaving. He did. We've already seen that. He he had in mind to divorce her quietly. He did think about leaving. And I'm not here to bring condemnation if you've, thought about leaving your family. If you've thought about leaving your husband. If you've thought about leaving your wife. If you've thought about leaving a certain situation or circumstance. Those thoughts come. I've thought about leaving this church. I've thought about leaving the ministry. I've thought about leaving this position. Those thoughts come. I've entertained it. I'm telling you. I want you to know I have entertained those thoughts. Just like Joseph entertained the thought of leaving Mary. That's not where the sin is. That's not where the problem is. It's what you do with those thoughts. He thought of leaving, but God. You've got to get this. He thought of leaving. He did. He's had in mind. He's a righteous man. I'm out of here. He's off, but God. But God. And it wasn't the weight and the wonder of an angel visiting him. But it was his will attaching itself to that word. You see, Joseph had the law. Joseph had what we call the Old Testament. And he had the word of God that says he can take his get out of jail free card and he can have this woman put to death. That was in the word. That was according to God's Word. But the thing is, coupling God's Word was God's voice. And God intervenes with His voice and says, Oh, I know what my Word says, but for you, I want you to stay. Because there's more at stake than just following the letter of the law. And in the counseling I've done, in particular with marriages that are on the rocks, people say, oh, well, you know, you're allowed to get divorced because of this and because of that. And we're looking for an out. But God's voice is stay. Oh, I know what the scriptures say. If they commit adultery, you have this. I know what the Bible says. I know what the word of God is. But I'm telling you, there's a greater voice. And I believe that voice wants you to stay because it's not all about you. Oh, we run from here. We run from pillar to, we run to post. But I want to tell you, there's something greater and it's staying. And it's one of the hardest things God has to get his people to do. I mentioned a few weeks ago about friends of ours who got a new puppy. And since that day, it's been the death of me because our kids now must have a puppy. So thanks for nothing, McCormacks. (laughs) But I get the last laugh because I know what it is to have a puppy. I've had one. And one of the hardest things to get your puppy to do is to stay. I didn't say play. I said stay. 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 Every dog owner knows, Sharon, yeah? it's st- st- Stay. And you know what? If you can get him to sit for two seconds, you're like, yes, there's a win. Hardest thing to do in training a puppy is getting him to sit and stay. <laughs> sit. You are a sick bunch of people. <laughs> Sit, stay. Joseph's got his bag packed. God, stay. Joseph, I said, stay. Stay. Yeah, but stay. God, do you know that I can have her put to death? Stay. Do you know why God allowed Moses to write a certificate of divorce? Because their hearts were so hard. They were no longer listening. It wasn't his intention. Day. one of the hardest things that my dad has had to face in his 50 plus years of marriage is stay and if it was not for the voice of God I'm telling you he would have been out of there with all the good reasons that any of you can come up with today but something of the voice of God was louder than the voice of man. It was louder than the lack of affection. It was louder than what everyone else was saying. The voice of God, stay. If you appreciate anything about what this church brings, if you appreciate what, I, appreciate what I'm bringing tonight, if you appreciate my ministry in any way, shape or form, I want you to know it's based upon a foundation of this word, Stay. Because if I hadn't seen stay modeled, I don't know what my life would be today. If if my life had just been a part of eat, drink and be merry, I don't know if I'd be doing what I'm doing today. Stay. And Joseph stayed. And somehow Joseph finds strength in God. Not in the secular counselling. Not in all the help that's out there. And thank God for it to, in measure. Some of it's just un, un, downright unhelpful. Some of the counsellors had have everyone divorced like that if they could. But this notion of staying. But it's going to be tough. Stay. But people are going to say some things, Lord, and it's not true. I didn't say, I said, stay. We're going to be misunderstood and it's going to be really dark. Stay. It's not going to be easy. Stay. But Lord, I just don't want to do it. Stay. I've had enough. Stay. 17 years this church has been going. And I haven't felt God say anything but this, stay. Don't run. Don't leave. Keep building. It's one of the toughest things for me. Because when I travel around the world and get those privileges, that's awesome. Everyone loves me. And I just come in, I share a word, I get people laughing. But I don't have to, count, I don't have to talk about their marriage. That, And they go, oh, that's so awesome. Come here and we start talking about marriages. And it's not so popular. But that's where it's at. Anyone can go anywhere they want. Anyone can go to church when they've done everything they want to do. Take care of all the family's needs. Go to all the sporting events. Go to all the things you want to do. And then leave a little bit to God. It's not what I see Joseph doing. It's been said the best thing a father can do for his kids is to love their mother. You wanna help your kids, you love your kids, do you really? Then just love your mum. Well, sorry, love their (laughs) mum. And love your mum. Love all the mums. Hug a mum. Who's a mum? Put your hand up right now. Give a mum a hug right now. Just go and give her a hug. There we go. Love a mum. Love a mum. I tell you it does something to you as a 12 year old boy when you hear your dad say you're not going anywhere when my mum wanted out because our boys need a mum and a dad and he's modelled loving someone who did not love him in return I'm not the guy to go to for marriage counsel because you're, you know, you're not getting sex seven days a week yeah seven days that's right <laughs> or seven times a day or whatever Whatever it is that you think you need to do to be happily married, not the guy to come to. I'm the benefactor of a man that stayed. Don't run. Anyone can run. Anyone can run. Takes a real man. Joseph's a real man. He's one of my heroes. I'm telling you, you've never heard Joseph preach about you kidding me? He's one of my heroes. He stays when he had an out according to the word of God and he still stays because he heard the voice of God love the word of God but you got to hear the voice of God three embrace others as your own I think that's what he would say see Joseph as we already know he's not the biological son her father thank you baby I will love you for the sake of the children right now As you correct me publicly, that's all right. (laughs) Kids, feel the love. (laughs) Joseph, sorry, Jesus is not Joseph's biological son. Joseph's the adopted father. I mean, it's one thing when you... Get a girl pregnant and it's your child. Joseph's done nothing wrong. But he chooses to love this child as his own. Wow. To me, that is Christianity 101. Love others as you would love yourself. Love others as you would love your own. You have your own children around for dinner? Great, well done. That's good parenting. But don't just do that. Have others around. See, Joseph had other children. We know that. James, Jose, Judas, Simon, and a whole heap of daughters. There's no names, just daughters. Daughters. And what I know is that you tend to have enough grace for your own. I mean, there's not, a, there's not a dad out there that can say, I love changing nappies. There's not a dad out there that can say, oh, give me nappies, love them. Love them, love them, love them. All scrumptious. There's not, a, there's not a dad. Yet, for the most part, we find grace, just enough grace, mind you, to change the nappy of our own children. And we do it because they're ours. Yeah. But to change somebody else's kid's nappy. I mean, I remember changing our kids. It's like, oh, 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 And I don't know what it is about nappies and you wipe the bottle. I don't know what it is. There's always a bit of poo under the fingernails. Always. You wash your hands. You dry them off. Halfway through the day, you wipe your nose. Oh, what the? Just get it out the fingernails. Just enough grace for that. Someone else's kid nappy, whoo, he needs a change. And yet Joseph says, I'll take him. I'll nurse him. I'll care for him. I'll raise him. I'll teach him. I'll ensure that he grows in favor with God, in favor with man, in stature and in wisdom. It's an awesome thing. I want to say this and I get the fact that close friendships are good and we preach that all the time. And God bless you and more power to you if you've got some close friendships. That's great. But don't just limit your friendships to close friends. Get out of your friendship circles for the sake of the bigger picture. Don't be exclusive. You know, one of the greatest compliments I ever received during my ministry, uh, youth ministry years, our pastor, we called him affectionately Pastor Paul, he wrote me a letter one day, and it's speaking of Kath and I. He was a big thank you letter, and he said this at the bottom. He said, Always together... Sorry, He said this. (laughs) Ever together, yet always apart. In other words, Kath and I realized we had the privilege of doing youth ministry together. But we knew we'd be apart in doing it together. And so we always took two cars. And for the most part at youth, we didn't see much of each other. Because we were too busy looking after others. And then when youth finished, and by the time we dropped kids off left, right and centre, there wasn't much time to hook up afterwards. And so we'd say goodbyes. And Paul saw it and appreciated it. And I think, you know, if our pastor could see it, how much more God? It can't just be about you. It can't just be about what you get out of it. In actual fact, I look at it this way. The highest... Honour for Joseph was this, to look after Jesus. Instead of saying, why do I have to do that? How about looking like this? What a privilege. Instead of complaining about some of our young ones that we've got in our church, what a privilege that God has put them in our care. And so instead of complaining about their hat or their clothes or their smells or their this or their that or the whatever, how about saying, well, what a privilege that God has placed them in this church, for such a time as this, when I just so happen to be here, that I have an opportunity to impart something of my wisdom and experience into their life. How about thinking about it like that? I mean, what a privilege. I know firsthand, when it comes to looking after your kids when you're away, you don't just entrust them to anybody. We've traveled much. and We've had to leave our kids at home on numerous occasions, and we handpick the people that we want to look after our kids because they're precious and they are near and dear. And I think God is handpicking people in this community for us to look after. What a privilege. What an honor. Please don't complain about it. See it as a privilege. See it as an honor. And my last point that I want to make tonight and that I believe Joseph would say, I changed my initial thought to this. Don't assume... That Jesus is in everything you do. My first point was, the first time I had this in my first prepping, I had, "Don't lose Jesus." But I've since elaborated to this: Don't assume that Jesus is in everything that you do. You see, we've already established that Joseph was a good man, he was a good father, and we know he loved Jesus. And in Luke chapter 2, and you can read it for yourself in verses 41 through to 52. I won't for the sake of time. But they went to the temple as was their custom every year for the feast of the Passover. And they had a great time and they were blessed. And they had such a great time. They were on their way home and they were singing the latest songs from the convention and the conference called Passover. I mean, Passover 012. Oh, it was awesome. I mean, I don't know how many of you like me have been to Hillsong. I mean, we make it an annual pilgrimage. Every July, we go to Sydney, we go to Hillsong, and when we come back from Hillsong, we come back singing the latest songs, and we come back with great stories, and it's great. And I imagine they're coming back from from the Hillsong of the day. Oh, this is the day. Oh, this is, and then this is fantastic. What a great time! How was that word? Oh my goodness! This is a great day to be alive. I can't wait for this next year. I sense momentum on our side, and I imagine uh, one of the one of the, um, the- The priest of the day is pointing up and saying, the best is yet to come. That's a Brian Houston impersonation for those of you who don't know. And I imagine, I mean, you know what I'm on about. Who's ever been to a conference or a youth camp? You come out? this is fantastic. This is awesome. And you're just assuming a whole heap of things. That's what Joseph was, just assuming that Jesus was with them. Come on, this is a great day. Let's go home. We're going back and we're going to change our world. And the Bible says, they assumed, <laughs> they assumed Jesus was with them. And it says they traveled for a whole day. Thinking he was with them. And at the end of that day of great songs and great memories and great dreams and plans. They're like, ha <laughs> Oh, what a great, Mary. Did Jesus, I want (laughs) to. Where is Jesus? (laughs) Mary. You did pick up Jesus, didn't you? And Mary's like, no, well. I thought you were doing that Jesus is in the creche mental note to all those with kids pick up your kids after the service uh, well where is he then and they travelled in big parties they're looking around Jesus his name is Jesus 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 Jesus, Jesus. oh where is he He is a king of kings. He is the Lord. Where is he? Help us, help us Jesus. <laughs> Joseph was a good man, a good father, he loved Jesus, and yet he lost him. Which gives me great hope. Come on, parents. be honest? Who's ever left your kid at church? <laughs> the best is yet to come. <laughs> I'm telling you, if it wasn't for Maddie, I would have left Bailey at home at the gym many times. <laughs> yes. Get in the car, I go say, "Have you forgot something?" I look at my bag. No, I got my bag. <laughs> Bailey, yes. Oh, Tata's there thinking, oh, take your kid. Right. <laughs> it says that Jesus stayed in Jerusalem and they were unaware of it. This is my point I get from this, is that we often do what we want, yeah. when we want, and just assume that because we're Christians, Jesus is with us. Yeah. And we've even got the word of God to back that up because he never leaves us nor forsakes us. It doesn't mean he's with us. Yeah. What did I say? okay cool I'm a funny guy <laughs> we just assume and we use the word of God he never leaves us what do you mean I'm not close to Jesus don't you know the word of God no no forget the word just for a minute when's the last time you heard his voice some of you have, heard, have not heard the voice of God for years and you kid yourself he's with me as much as ever before he might be with you but he's not present You can be present with someone but not be there. And they just walked off and assumed Jesus was with them. And you can go into a job and and just assume that God wants you to do this this job. And you can leave. I I don't think it's possible to, to live anywhere in Australia that you want. I don't think it's possible to take any job that you want. I don't think it's possible to do anything that you want to do. If you truly submit all your plans and surrender your will to Jesus, I'm not here to tell you exactly what it is that you should be doing. But for us to just do whatever we want, assuming that Jesus is in the decision, would be oh so wrong. Kath and I, as always, are forever in the process of making major decisions, and we're in one of those right now. And I want to know like I know like I know that Jesus is at the center of that decision. See, to me, it's not just a financial situation. Can we afford to do this? Yes. But that doesn't mean Jesus is in it. I want to know that he's in it. And I would encourage every one of you, whenever you're contemplating a major decision to make sure that Jesus is with you and that you're not just singing the songs and that you don't just have the CDs and you don't just have the memories, but you actually have the present Christ in your midst. They travel one whole day. Some people travel one whole month and don't even know Jesus is missing. Some people travel a whole year. Some people travel a whole decade. Some people travel a whole lifetime and are not aware that Jesus is not in what they're doing. Amen. And so having said all that, if our musicians can come. How many of you honestly thought there was that much in the life of Joseph? And Kath knows, I left a whole heap of points out for the sake of time of which we're out of. Sorry about that. But I really do trust and pray that through tonight's message, this morning's message, Indeed, every message of this series, you get a hold of the truth of the teachings. But even more important than that, you get a greater love for the Word of God. You get a greater love for the characters that are in the Bible. This is what I've learned about the characters of the Bible, that they're real characters. They're not just one-dimensional black and white figurines that you can stick on a felt board. I mean, imagine last week trying to, trying to depict Manasseh burning his children at the altar to Molech on the felt board to stick up their fire. This little kid burn fire, fire on the felt board and all the kids ah. except for the mischievous ones like my dad who've got a Bullet in a bite, (laughs) kill him. (laughs) A stand. Hey, we've had fun tonight, hey? But I know if I know anything about preaching, if I know anything about church dynamics. If I know anything about the voice of God, he's been speaking tonight. And while some of us have laughed and had a great time and can tootle off on our merry way, there are others that are just churning on the inside. I know that. Can't preach a message on stay knowing the marriage crises that are out there and just think, great message, let's move on. And that's just one of the challenges that has possibly come as God has spoken to us individually about where we're at. And And I'm not here to tell you what to do. My life's message is this, surrender your life to Christ and you'll be amazed at what He shows you. You'll be amazed how He can take the most broken, the most hurting, the most painful circumstances and situations And turn it around. Sometimes drastically. Other times little by little by little. But I know if you hang around long enough. You'll find that God is exactly who he said he is. And can do exactly what he said he will do. And that is he'll meet you in your every need. This is the end of the message. Thank you for taking the time to listen, and God bless.